All right, now, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you all. Wow. That's like, well, we find our Easter text this morning in the Gospel of John. I would invite you to turn in the Bible to John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. If you're looking at the Pew Bible in front of you there, it's on page 872. These are the words of Jesus. And I want to invite you to read them aloud with me. If you're able, would you stand? Let's read John Chapter 10, verses 11 through 18 together. And when we're done reading, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord. So that if you're trying to believe them, you can say, thanks be to God. Listen carefully. You're reading God's holy word. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord lasts forever. Please be seated. I am the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. They tell us that the ancient shepherd had a way of calling out to their sheep, a a tone or a whistle or maybe a sound on a pipe. And the sheep knew that call. They knew that voice. I know my own and my own know me, Jesus says. My sheep will listen to my voice. I think if you understand that metaphor, here's the point for us today. You have a voice in your life. And that voice will lead you to true life. You have a voice in your life. Now, I grew up in a family that had a, a family whistle. Any of you have a family whistle in your, in your family? You do? Yeah, I, we did. Four notes that we would whistle to get each other's attention. I would wander away in a park or in a store. and My parents could at any time whistle these four notes and I would eventually hear it and then I would whistle back four notes and we'd get closer and closer to the sound until we could see each other face to face. I have no idea how this started. I I just noticed it on my mother's side of the family, my cousins, my grandfather. So I just assumed mom had gotten it from her dad and her dad had gotten it from his mom and she had gotten it from her dad all the way back to God, I guess. (laughs) But my parents had a way to find me. They could let me go because they knew they could find me. It was cheaper than a smartphone. That's a pretty good system. 
But I'd be down the street playing kickball somewhere and then I would hear in the distance these four notes, a whistle. It's mom, it's mom. And I'd know it was time to collect the ball and go home. Same with the good shepherd. See, you have a, a voice in your life that will lead you to true life. There's a nod here in the words of Jesus to the reader. Did, did you notice this? It's almost as if Jesus is saying, I see you, dear reader. He says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. Other sheep. Jesus is saying, yes, I see the man right here in John chapter 9, whose eyes I have healed, but I have other sheep. I see the 12 disciples here and I see the women who will gather around my cross and be the first to proclaim the good news of the resurrection, but I, I have other sheep. I see the Pharisees and the prostitutes and the tax collectors with whom I freely associate. I see them, but I have other sheep. I see my Jewish brothers and sisters. I see Samaritans. I see Romans. I see first century sheep, but I have other sheep. Does he mean us? Does he see us? Could he be here among us right now? You have a voice in your life that will lead you to true life. So why don't we hear anything? Why don't we hear anything? I don't hear a shepherd. One problem is that there's so much noise in our lives, so much noise. Now, when I was an 11-year-old boy, I had the great opportunity to go to summer camp up here on Orcas Island. It's a picture of little George there. Uh, just off the coast of Orcas Island. My parents dropped me off at San Francisco airport and uh, a little group of counselors brought some of us up here to the Northwest. Six weeks. Now, uh, I don't, we don't even think about that anymore these days. One day in the middle of that time, I was uh, down on a little beach collecting sticks and I thought I heard something. I thought to myself, is that the family whistle? Uh, well, wait a second, listen again. I don't hear it anymore. And then I heard it, there it was. And I said, no, maybe that's just the waves. And then uh, there it was uh, again. Oh, maybe it was just wind whistling through the trees up on the ledge. There it is again. No, maybe it's just a bird. Is there an orcas bird that has a four note call? I don't know. I thought for a moment that it was my parents, but no, my parents are a thousand miles away. They're busy with their work. I think I'm just homesick. This is a sort of a camp-induced hallucination. Sometimes you know what you're listening for, but sometimes there's just too much noise. There's an old prayer that says, I like this prayer, God of silence and God of all sound, help me to listen. Help me to do the deep listening to the sounds of my soul, waiting to hear your soft voice calling me deeper into you. Give me attentive ears that begin to separate the noise from the sounds that are you, you who have been speaking to me and through me my whole life for so long that you can seem to be 
background noise. Today, help me to hear you anew. I find myself intrigued by that line, speaking so long that you can seem like background noise. You see, you have a voice in your life that will lead you to true life. It may be that that we have too many voices. What Jesus means by the hired hand, that there are other voices, right? It's easy to mistake the voice of the hired hand from the voice of the good shepherd. Both speak to the sheep. And the problem is that we can't trust the voice of the hired hand. This is the teaching of our Savior. Because as he says, there's a wolf. And when the wolf should come, things get ugly. Someone's going to lose a life. John shows us Jesus at the cross. And as Jesus approaches the cross, John in his passion introduces us to six people. These six people are all hearing the voices of the hired hand. We've been meeting them over the last six weeks during Lent, one at a time. For example, there's uh, Judas, the man who betrayed Jesus. He's listening to his desires. What do you want? Is the voice. He's ignoring the teaching that our own desires have been ruined by the fall and they are no longer trustworthy guides to goodness. But there's Judas listening to desires. Tragically, it destroys him. A hired hand. And then there's Peter. Peter, the man who denies Jesus three times. He's listening to his false self, isn't he? You have to be this, Peter. He's entering in the courtyard And they're asking, who is this man? What he discovers is that he's only going to be the rock, Petros, if he accepts who Jesus says he is. But he's listening to a false self. He denies Jesus three times and he denies himself. Voice of a hired hand. And there's Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate's the Roman governor who sentences Jesus to death. He's listening to the voice of the crowds. Remember, he says, what is truth? He's crowdsourcing truth. Truth for Pontius Pilate is whatever the culture says it is, whatever keeps him in power, and and he's together with them suffering some kind of collective cognitive bias. Pilate's listening to the crowds, and they will take him down with them. It's the voice of a hired hand. And here at the cross, we also meet Mary, the mother of Jesus, of course. She's listening for a moment to a hidden loneliness. Who is with me now? She comes to the cross in a crowd of women, but she's trapped in her own grief and loss. Somewhere inside her, there's this voice saying, now no one cares. And the thought is crushing. It's the voice of loneliness. It's the voice of a hired hand. Then finally, there's Joseph of Arimathea who prepared Jesus' body for burial. He's, for a minute there, he's listening to fear, isn't he? What could go wrong? He wants to take a bold step of faith, but he has so much to lose. Status, control, loss, change. For a moment, the thought paralyzes him. He's listening to his fear. It's the voice of a hired hand. If you want to see how Jesus interacts with these characters, then I would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and listen to the last six messages. 
But to all these people, Jesus is speaking directly to our lives, directly to, I believe, our current moment. Because these are the big questions. What do I want? Desire. Who am I? Identity. What do we know? Truth. Who are my people? Tribe. What could go wrong? Tomorrow. These are our questions. And the question Jesus raises is, who will you let lead you through these questions? To whom will you listen? Who will you let lead you? Oh, we hear so many voices today. We hear so many messages. My disordered desires, my false self, my fickle crowd, my loneliness, my fear. And these voices, these voices will never give us life. These are the voices that lead me to a life that's highly unstable, highly insecure, a life that someone, something, someday will certainly take away. These are the voices that don't give you life. These are the voices that snatch life from us. And this is not the voice of the good shepherd. This is the voice of the hired hand. But you, you, my dear Easter friend, you have a voice in your life that will lead you to true life. Don't you? A shepherd is like a parent. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I don't know much about sheep. But I imagine a shepherd is like a parent in that they find a way to communicate, to get through. I, I know one thing you know about parents. No matter how crowded the space, no matter how noisy, a parent can never not hear the cry of their child, their own child. And they have a way of making sure that that child will hear them as well. And it's the same with God. And this is what Jesus is saying. The sheep hear his voice, John 10, 3. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He makes sure they hear his voice. We all have what John Calvin long ago called a sensus divinitatus, it's Latin for the sense of God, sensus divinitatus, Calvin called it, a sense of God, like a sixth sense, like a, a, a set of antenna that just perceive God. It, with a sensus divinitatus, you would need no argument for God's existence. You would need no evidence for your faith. You would just know God. You would just be able to hear his voice because you have a, a sense that gives you that ability. God gave you the sense to perceive him, to hear him. The problem is the sensus divinitatis is damaged. The antenna are tweaked by the fall. They've been disabled. The network has been switched off. And this is just part of the human condition. We have alienated ourselves from the only one who gives us life. And so we have a problem. We do have a problem. Unless Jesus does something, we don't know God. Unless Jesus breaks through, we can't hear God. But this is Easter Sunday. And we are here to proclaim. Are we not here to proclaim that Jesus has done something? Indeed, Christ is risen. That's what we celebrate. And because of that, we can hear God. I lay down my life for the sheep, he says. I lay down my life in order to take it up again, he says. I have the power 
to lay it down. And I have the power to take it up again, he says. Why? Why is it that we can hear this voice? And the answer is love. Love. God has a parent's heart. God is the one who loved you into existence. The very life that you're now living comes from God. And God has never stopped hearing your cries. In all the sound and fury of this noisy planet, God could never not hear you. Because this good shepherd loves you too much to let you drift off into the silence. He loves you too much to leave you to the voices of the hired hand. You see, something happened. Something happened when Jesus laid down his life and then took it back up. Something happened in all the shouting. Something happened between crucify him and he is risen indeed. The good shepherd happened. And he's happening for you and for me. You have a voice in your life that will lead you to true life. One of my favorite things about being a Christian is helping other people hear the good shepherd. So, so one afternoon I was sitting in a coffee shop as I oftentimes do, just meeting with people and I, I met with a scientist. She was doing postdoc research at University of Washington trying to make sense of her life at the time. She met with me and she said, you know, all my life I've been running from God. I just had no interest in God, religion. Didn't help that my sister's a Christian and she's pretty annoying. I could never believe like her. She said, but the last six months I've caught myself trying to pray. Oops. I found myself visiting churches in the U District. And then so here's my favorite question. I asked her, so what do you think's going on here? And suddenly there were tears in her eyes. She said, she said this, I think God is trying to love me. And then an undergraduate, same afternoon, same coffee shop, trying to pull his life back together, meets with me and he says, my drug use had just gotten out of hand. I had to drop out of school for a while, but I'm in Narcotics Anonymous right now. I'm patching things up with my parents. I'm taking classes at the local college here. I'm getting back on my feet and I just happened to walk into your church one day. And then my question, well, wow, what do you think's going on here? And he looks me straight in the eye and he says, I think God is trying to get my attention. I could do this all day. <laughs> you know, it's worth asking ourselves that same question. When you find yourself moved by the smell of spring lilac or the colors of the sun in the evening clouds, what's going on here? When a loved one dies and you're convinced despite your beliefs that somehow you'll see them again someday, what's going on here? When a story of beauty or heroism or sacrifice catches you by surprise and brings an unexpected tear to your eye, what's going on here? Or when a yearning for justice wells up far out of proportion to our modern relativism, what's going on here? When you hit bottom or can't seem to hold it together anymore and you find yourself suddenly on your knees, what's going on here? Or when you find yourself unexpectedly in a church, what's going on here? Ask yourself that question. And I would ask myself the question, is that you, God? Is that you? 
And, and if I thought it might be, I would say to God what, uh, the, the words that the old priest Eli taught to the young boy Samuel, who would one day become a prophet, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak. Because you have a voice in your life that will lead you to true life. I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it up again, he says. Wow. That's a voice worth following. So my parents made a surprise visit to summer camp up here on Orcas Island. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. Uh, they came to camp. Uh, it, it, they, I would have been home very soon, uh, but they laid down their busy lives, their work. They came a long ways up. They came right in the middle of camp. They must have come to the front office there and uh, asked about me and they said, well, we're in free time right now, which meant they had no idea where I was on the property. <laughs> so my parents started whistling. They whistled across the great lawn. They whistled by the cabins. They whistled through the woods until finally they heard a small whistle back. They looked over the ledge and there I was with a stick in my hand and a very surprised look on my face. <laughs> they had come for me. They ran around, went down the stairs and came up the beach and swept me into their arms. What a great moment that was. What a great moment this is for us. God has come such a long way laid down his life, taken it back up and swept us into his arms. Today we celebrate the one, the only one in history who has laid down his life and taken it back up. He's the good shepherd. No one could take his life from him. And we are the sheep of his fold, aren't we? And no one can take from us the life he rises to give us. No one. See, life with him is a secure life. Life with him is a stable life. Life with him is an abundant life. Life with him is eternal life. Well, one way or another, you'll see him at the end of history, but he has come calling for you in the middle of history. Right now, today, you have a voice in your life that will lead you to true life. He is risen. You want to say it with me? He is risen indeed. Would you pray with me? Friends, let's quiet our hearts and listen for the good shepherd. Let's say to him now, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Whatever it is you're going through today, he knows all about it. He knows you better than you know yourself. He loves you more than you love yourself. And whatever it is, he has the power to lead you through this moment, even death itself. You may have known him for years, but in this moment, begin, beginning to hear his voice again. And if you are, and if you'd like to give him permission today to lead you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. We'll keep our eyes closed, except for me. And, 
just ask you to raise your hand so he can see that. Maybe you've been listening to other voices in your life and you wanna start listening to him. Well, then let him know. Yes, thank you. Raise your hand so that he can see that. I see that hand. He sees your hand. Good. It's your way of whistling back to the shepherd. Just take a moment. No one's watching except for me. Yes, yes. Raise those hands. Oh, such encouragement. I, I believe heaven is rejoicing. Or maybe you don't know the shepherd. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. But it turns out he brought you here today so that you could know God through him. It turns out he brought you here today to forgive you, you of your sin to restore you to a right relationship with God, to repair the sensus divinitatus in you through his Holy Spirit and to begin leading you in a new and abundant life. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus for the first time and know God through him, would you please raise your hand? Good. The angels are singing and rejoicing and there's laughter in heaven. Yes, I see the hand. This is your way of whistling back to your savior. Jesus is God's word to you, but you do have to answer back. He laid down his life for you, but you do have to lay down your old life in order to take up a new. Remember when the wolf comes and things get ugly, someone's gonna lose a life. He wants it to be his, not yours. He died to protect you from sin and judgment and death. Raise your hand if you'd like to say yes to Jesus. Step across the threshold and become a believer today. Yes, praise God. A miracle is happening. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the miracle of this day. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for rising for us. Thank you that the new creation is breaking in upon us, replacing the old. Thank you for your claim on our lives. Thank you that those of us who today are putting our trust in you, we receive your grace and we are made new, new creation. And thank you that one day soon, we shall feel your great arms wrapped around us for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we do have one request of you today, and that is simply this, that you'll let us know that you're here. I'm gonna invite everybody to pull out your phone or pull out the connect card that's on the seat in front of you. It looks like this uh, or in the rack in front of you. Maybe you're sitting on it if you're in the front rows, uh, but pull out your, this or your phone. We'd like everybody just to take 10, 15 seconds and fill out a connect card. So take out your phone. You can scan the QR code uh, that's, that's on the connect card itself, or you can fill out the physical card or you can come to upc.org connect. Just navigate there on your phone. You could even scan the screen if, if your phone will do that. Uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic, it's been really hard for us to get a baseline on who is our extended family right now. This really helped us. You don't have to give us all the information if you don't like to do that, but at least would you give us your name and tell us who's here worshiping with us, with you today. Uh, and if you're new to UPC, by the way, uh, we'd love to have you take this card back to the table in the lobby or the Narthex area. We have a special little gift for you today. And I would ask if you'd raised your hand today to say yes to Jesus for the first time, would you please check the little box there on the left-hand side that says, 
First, uh, no, I would, up at the bottom, it says, say yes to Jesus. Check that box for us. And then in, in your case, please do give a physical address. What I'd love to do is send you a letter. I wanna send you a letter and three books to help you get started in your new relationship with God. It's just free and I'd just be happy to get, would like to give that to you and be able to pray for you as you get started in your new faith journey. All right, uh, so um, take, the, if you're using the physical card after the service is over, uh, we'll have friendly people in the back with green bins. Would you drop uh, the card in that? And thank you.